Whoever thought it was a good idea to put a smoke alarm at the very top of cathedral ceilings needs to get punched in the crotch. Just whack, right, full fist, ball punch. Because right in his or hers. That's crotch. true. Sorry, yeah. His and hers. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm so sexist. Uh, or non-binary. Hello, everybody. This is Alex Sturgeon here for the Hobbyplex Show podcast. With me, as always, is my good buddy, Will Brinton. And uh, we're here to talk about mostly stuff uh, that happens around the Hobbyplex, but also maybe some uh, RC news or I don't know, sometimes even nothing, just whatever floats our boat. This show, as always, is uh, sponsored by Pivot Lending Group. You can find them at pivotlending.com. And uh, if you call them up, uh, ask for uh, Don Zoller. Or if you want to give it a shot, you can always try to reach out to Aiden Olson's dad, but you're supposed to ask for Don Zoller. If you mention our show, you can get a $500 lender credit or 0.125 off of your interest rate uh, for any home loan or refinance. And uh, they've been with us since January and it just keeps going. And uh, we're super happy about that. Ah, we, we like to have fun with it. Yeah, we like to have fun here. Yeah, we like to have fun here. <laughs> <laughs> I remember th- that, was, that was your and Scott's big thing. Yeah, like that fun here. Like that fun here. Here's my head chat. <laughs> agnostic, agnostic beverages. That was Dr. Pepper. We only drink Dr. Pepper or Diet Dr. Pepper in this house. <laughs> nobody knows if it's cola or root beer, and nobody cares to find out. <laughs> my wife wanted to know what I wanted for Christmas, which I understand. Like finding stuff to buy my dad for Christmas is is really really hard. Always has been. So I imagine the same thing for me, although all they really have to do is just get me a Hobbytown gift card and I'm good. Uh, but that's, that never seems to happen, even though that's what I ask for every single year. But I saw something, uh, I was on my Instagram and uh, I, I, have, I follow South Park and they have a, <laughs> a Randy Marsh t-shirt where it's just like this, um, this outline of Randy Marsh's head on, on, mm-hmm. like, a, on like a blue t-shirt. And I want that. That's pretty cool. That's that's what I want. That would actually become one of my new race shirts. I would go to this track with that shirt all the time. I would want one of those Randy Marsh's Lord T-shirts. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't even know if it exists. <laughs> It'd be funny. There's there's uh, one there's one there's a sweatshirt you can buy, and it's got Cartman with the with the six foot pole, but it's got a big old cuss word on it, so I wouldn't be able to wear it anywhere. And then there was another one that had Stan, and it was just. And it was him with a mask on just, and it said, I just want my life back. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. That's what, that's one that I would totally wear everywhere. Yeah. Don't we all? I walked into Casey's today with my dead, my Deadpool mask on full, full, full oh, face. Really? Yeah. Full face Deadpool mask. It was great. So it's like a gimp mask. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> I want, <laughs> somebody should wear one of those around. That'd be funny. <laughs> well when this first wall was going down i i immediately went to amazon because i wanted like a like a like a real darth vader mask like a hard you know darth vader mm-hmm. mask but uh it the only one i found said that it was out of stock until like july of 2021 or something real crazy like that and i'm like well there went that idea ah, just in time i must not be the only <laughs> one that thought about that or a bane mask i think a bane mask would be cool 
I wear one of those every night when I go to sleep. Oh yeah, you got a CPAP. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I'd want to do a Bane impression right now, but I can't think of any funny things to say in, with the Bane voice. Whenever I think of Bane, I always think of Mick Bane from uh, The Simpsons. Hmm. I never saw that episode. He's like a Vayner Wolfcastle, that character. Yeah. It's a action hero that he plays. It's like a Rambo style, like James Bond thing. Oh, okay. It's like a shoot em, a shoot 'em up movie. So like in each season they have like a like short yeah. of it. And if you string them together, it makes one short movie. Nice. <laughs> I I'll have to go back and watch because they're all the Simpsons episodes are on Disney Plus now. And honestly, yeah, I'm, I've are. never been a big Simpsons guy. So my mom wouldn't let me watch the Simpsons when I was younger. <laughs> Loser. And so in defiance, I went and I bought from Target a uh, a Bart Simpson Bartman poster. And put it on my wall. Yeah. And then she came down and she's like, what yeah. is that? And I'm like, it's Bartman. You take, and I'm like, no, it's, no, I won't do it. So that was it. That was the extent of my Simpsons watching at that point. Yeah. I love the Simpsons. I feel really bad not being a Simpsons guy. There'll be references to Simpsons stuff that I will, it'll go whoosh right over my head. I love no oh, idea. Oh, trust me. I know. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> Oh, one more thing before we get on to RC stuff. Remember last week when I was like talking about 007 a little bit? And uh No. You don't? Was that was that on here? I thought that was on here. No, it was on the uh it was on the Oh, it was on the previous what's one? New Wednesday. Oh, you're right. It was on a What's New Wednesday. I commented on that. Did you see my comment? I did. You're like the earth is like flat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because you're talking about that telescope, yeah, <laughs> and you're like, you can see the curvature of the Earth. Yeah, right. The Earth's flat. <laughs> no, okay. So it just so happens that because we don't have cable anymore, right? We cut cable. Uh, we we've got streaming services, yeah. so Disney Plus and Hulu, because you can get them as a bundle. No more precious cable TV cable. Yeah, I don't watch any because I had this like routine where I'd come home and I'd turn on and I watch like I'd flip back and forth between whatever South Park episode was playing. On, on comedy and I flip mm-hmm. back and forth between uh, Fox News every once in a while and fl- you know flip by CN- <laughs> C- flip by CNN to see you know go ugh and then I'd flip down to uh, Sports Center for a little bit and then go ugh and then just like go back to South Park and then eventually go to sleep. I haven't done mm-hmm. that for a really long time. Anyways, so we've got uh, we're using digital TV right and mm-hmm. there's all these channels now. There's like a hundred and something mm-hmm. channels that you can find just free on digital TV. And uh, yeah. one, there's a couple movie channels, and one of them had last was it last night or the night before? I can't remember. Uh, one of the 007 movies, one of the last ones with the old dude. I can't remember his name now. Gosh darn it, Sean Connery? No, not Sean Connery. The one, the one bef- It was the one before the Pierce Brosnan one. It was in the 80s. It was an 80s 007, and it had Grace Jones in it. Roger Moore. Yeah, yeah. This is like the last one with Whoa. Roger Moore. But it had um, uh, it, 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 Grace Jones was in it. And, uh, and so was, um, Chris, uh, oh, I can't remember his name. He was in Batman two as not, uh, the penguin, the, the mayor, not the mayor. Gosh, darn it. Duh, man. I'm having a huge brain fart right now, dude. I'm killing myself. I'm going to knock myself over the head. There's this obscure Simpsons reference yeah. where, uh, they're, they're in the co- or Bart and Milhouse are in the comic book store. And there's this extremely rare uh, photo of 
uh, Sean Connery signed by Roger Moore. it was like $500 or something (laughs) Christopher Walken Christopher Walken was the bad guy and they got in the blimp and then they did the blimp thing and then they went around the the, the San Francisco bridge the whole plan was to bomb the San Andreas Fault and flood San Francisco and I love that movie I watched it and I was like you know this is actually pretty good I don't mind this one like it's not it this one wasn't super cheesy. It was like in that weird area where it didn't seem cheesy and it didn't seem too far fetched. It was like just kind of right in, there in the middle for the most part. Mm-hmm. Still had a beautiful blonde in it, you know, hmm. and and weird eyes and uh, and yeah, Christopher Walken, a young and I I saw Christopher Walken. I was like, oh my god, that's Christopher Walken. I had I had no idea that he was in a 007 movie from back then. Did he talk like he? Yes, does? yes, he did. It's not. It wasn't as pronounced as you as it is now, or as it was like like in Batman Two, for instance. But it, it he was definitely in there. Yeah. You could definitely tell that it was him. Yeah. So, yeah, big dude is on here, and uh, um, he put Christopher Walken to help me uh, uh, remember. I have such brain farts when I'm doing this show. Thanks, big dude. A view to kill. That's right. Yeah. See, I actually had. It's okay. This I had a huge. 80s crush when I was younger because I watched um what was another one with Grace Jones it was a uh, Conan it, there was Conan and then there was was it Conan the Destroyer that was the follow up and she was in that I had a huge cr- like 80s crush on Grace Jones she was on uh, uh, a music one of the music programs on Palladia when it was Palladia now it's like MTV Live whatever it is but she was like 65 70 years she's old right she's like 65 70 years old and mm-hmm. This is going to sound terrible. She was like basically wearing like a, like a top that was see-through so you could, you know, see everything up there on this show. And I was still to this day, just like entranced. I was just like, huh? You're like, nice. That's Grace Jones. Nice. Anyways, (laughs) that's going to sound really odd, but, but that's my fascination with pop stars kind of goes back a long ways, I guess. But I like Lady Gaga and Miley. Do we have Super Chat on? We do. Super Chat. Super Chat is on. Last week we had a couple. So uh, the rules are, if you have any questions or anything, post them. We'll get to them at the end. But if you want to interrupt us at any point, you can buy a question. You can use your Super Chat and uh, post a question and we would get to it right away. Yeah, give us a, a, an amount so yeah. that we can split it. Yeah. So we're supposed to be splitting it. Yeah, we are. And I still want my my tree fitty. Yeah. So Will's got three dollars <laughs> and I have three dollars. Three dollars and fifty cents. Did you see Live RC has updated their their page now with the silly season talk? Mm, I think so. Tyler Hooks posted it uh something up today and kind of like led into some rumors and stuff like that. Mm, what what what's the big rumors on the well on the thing? Uh I think what set it off was was Ryan Lutz leaving a gamma. I saw that, but it's like I wonder what he's going to do now. I don't know. It seemed like he enjoyed the the car. Yeah, I think S works maybe. I have no idea. It's hard to speculate with him. I always thought he kind of got on the ground floor of a newer company or maybe one that wasn't necessarily uh, is known yet. Yeah, and then um, he like builds it up. It's like, that's what he did with Durango. Right. And nobody really ran techno stuff until he started doing it. You right. know? 
and um and I don't want to say nobody, but definitely there weren't as many people running techno cars yeah. before he was. So um I could see him and same with a gamma, you know, like now like didn't they didn't the gamma like podium like some races recently? Yeah, you got, you got uh, Tyler Jones and Brandon Rose uh both doing really well with a gamma. Yeah. So it's like he's building that up. So I'm I'm surprised, but Ryan's always come across to me as somebody who would not seem to fit into a standard TLR associated program. Wasn't he the Kyosho team manager for right. a while? Yeah. Yeah. That was a long time ago, but back then it mm-hmm. Kyosho wasn't that large of a team and I think when it when they started when Kyosho had a a bigger presence, I think that's when he bailed. Wasn't it? Yeah. Right. So I could see him trying, like if there's another up and coming company that maybe a lot of people don't know about, uh, or maybe isn't as popular yet, I could see him trying to build that up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That'll be interesting to see. It's kind of, kind of weird how that goes around like that. The Gamma is a good car. I've driven one. I've driven a couple. They always drive really well. And obviously I've never driven one, but they look nice. They can't be garbage. If, if, if Tyler's able to, consistently do well at these large events no i I, so. I have a feeling it's one of those those uh brands that maybe doesn't get enough recognition yeah and then uh there's a little tidbit about about mayfield because yokomo is has been slimming down their race team so much so yeah that'd be weird because I, I think the whole reason why he's at mugen is because of adam drake right didn't i read that um, well, I mean, that was kind of the, th- I, I don't know. I don't want to speak for him, but that's what I thought. That's why he went to low C yeah. was to, um, work with Adam Drake on, on the A skill program. And then like, it was as soon as he got on there, they, uh, TLR, I don't know how Adam Drake left, but he, then he went to, uh, Mugen yeah. shortly after TLR or shortly after Mayfield joined TLR. So, um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens. And I don't know. What do you think uh, is going to happen to Mayfield? I don't know. I'm more interested in what's going to happen to Yokomo. Like if the Yokomo's slimming down their team so much, what does that mean? Like, you know, because for a long time, Yokomo wasn't a presence here in the States. Like when I was growing up, Mm -hmm. the only Yokomo you'd ever see is the four wheel drive because they didn't make a two wheel drive because of the, the uh, agreement with team associated. But there wasn't like mm-hmm. a Yokomo team here in the States. Basically, if you ran an associated car and, and you wanted to run four-wheel drive, you would run a Yokomo. Yeah. You know? And then and now we have this this kind of cool Yokomo presence that we've had is kind of the you know I, I put Yokomo along with like X ray. You know, they're not necessarily super mainstream, but they're another option for people. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that it's one of those things that like maybe Yokomo might be more popular in pockets. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, cause the first big company to get out of racing or really slim down their racing team was, uh, Tamiya. Yeah. You know, and that was what, three years ago, four years ago. Yes. Cause I remember at convention, um, Tamiya was there and they had like their racing products. And one of the cars they had was, uh, the two wheel drive mid motor buggy. It was like their answer for it. And 
when they had it there, like it had just came out and it was already kind of behind. Yeah. And, and it came with Phillips screws. Yeah. And, and I was like, huh, huh. man, I just don't see them being in racing for very much longer. And then they weren't. Well, I'm trying to remember if, 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 uh, Reinhardt was running a Tamiya in 2016 when I was at, in China, I think he was. And I think that was the last race. I think that was like it. So I think it has been almost three to four years. I bet you they haven't lost any units of sale because of that, though. Well, racing probably isn't their, their, uh, probably has never been their big money maker. Well, it's probably always, I mean, racing like, on a pro level. Yeah. Right. On a pro level, that was the TCS series is their bag. Yeah. So local racing, right. uh, kind of run what you brung style kits, or I mean, like build it up and run it type stuff and then models because like Tamiya models are top notch, you know? Yep. And their paints, my paints. Yeah. Oh. As somebody who's making a, uh, who's converting a Boba Fett Bandai into the Mandalorian and is using mm-hmm. like flat Chrome for his, uh, for mm-hmm. the Beskar armor Tamiya paints are really good. Oh yeah. I'm so giddy. I got it. I mean, I'm going to have a Mandalorian model. But uh, I guess back to Yokomo, though. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, so is 10, is, is 10 scale off-road racing really their big thing? No. I mean, they're really, they have a huge presence in drift, in the drift side of things, like in scale stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? I th- or I mean, I guess like pretty much drifting. I mean, drifting, yeah. I consider that to be like a on-road version well, of rock crawling. See, that's the thing. That's the other thing, though. Like, like Yokomo's really, at least I thought they were really, really big into drifting. Yeah, I thought they were too. Like, you should see all the yoke, all the dr- all the drift stuff on A Main when I'm going through it. Like, I ordered it. We've I've ordered it, and we've sold several of these two wheel drive, rear drive um, Yokomo uh, drift kits. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I I hope I don't know if they're just going to contr- maybe just contract a little bit. Or hopefully yeah, I not don't know. go away. Because remember, Masami's not there either anymore. Yeah, when I, when I saw they let Masami go a year ago, I was kind of like, well, let's see what happens here. Yeah. Because do they, they make tires, though, don't they? Like off-road tires? Or maybe they don't anymore. I, don't I, they do I anymore. thought they used to. They used to. Back, yeah. back when they were, the nubs were like, you know, the size of my pinky finger. Yeah. But I, I thought they made like uh, carpet tires now, or like astroturf tires. Well, I mean, maybe they like do. That. Maybe they ha- maybe they do sure. out of necessity. So, I was just trying to think of other things that they make. Yeah. But, I mean, I, they just I came out the BD10. I mean, that's that's a good onward car. Yeah. Hopefully, somebody buys the Atabi Arena and keeps it the same way. Because yeah. don't they own that? I think so. It's like, yeah, I thought they own that, but I could be wrong. If somebody knows, tell us if I'm wrong. But yeah. Um, yeah, I channel. thought that was, yeah, I thought that was their, uh, race facility. Yeah. Pretty sure it is. So I don't know. Uh, if, if Ryan does go somewhere, I, I don't know. It'd be weird, not weird, but like if he was going to stay at Mugen, then what would he do for a 10 scale? You know, that'd be the thing. It's kind of like, kind of like I, a Jared, like, like he's at techno. So what does he do with 10 scale? He's. He he runs the Technof Wheeler and then the uh, Associated Buggy. Mm-hmm. 
it um maybe it'd be nice to have that kind of freedom. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe uh, when you, you get on that level, you can kind of pick and choose what two wheel you're on. Yeah. I don't know. Well, whatever team he goes to, I'm sure they'll be lucky to have him. Dude, he's my favorite driver, like as a person, and then as a competitor. Um, I always try to unlock my inner Mayfield when I'm when I'm driving. <laughs> I was trying to think who my favorite driver is, and I don't know. It's tough. I think Jared probably would would be up there. Tebow, yeah. Jared, Jared's Jared's probably probably my my uh, one of my favorites. But I, I guess I just I like how and they're, they're everybody on that level is passionate. But it just seems like the the Mayfield story, like how how he got started and everything. I, and and I guess Jared, you know, he kind of came along the same lines. You know, yeah. Like Jared would always talk about racing gas truck because and like only having like one pair of tires or something like that. Yeah. Where they can get a ton of practice. Well, and, and I think that that's, that's probably why the, their longevity has been so, yeah. so good. All right. Well, uh, I don't know. There was some other bits in there. I, they mentioned Tyler Jones. I, I can't see him going anywhere right now. He's doing so well with that, a gamma car. Like why would he, Who knows? why would that happen? Um, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. And then, of course, Cavallari was thrown in there, too. And I'm like, huh. You, you kind of get the feeling that some of these guys are on these two-year cycles now where they will just go to whoever's paying them. That or whoever, like, me. I always kind of wondered, like, what some of these guys are like to work with on a on a uh, business level as far as working on a new car yeah, or a platform or doing testing or anything like that. So, yeah. I mean, maybe it's more, maybe it's like, no, it's not a good fit. Thanks for the two years. You know, I always kind of, who knows? Yeah. But I'd always like, if I was in the RC industry as as far as like getting paid or something like that, I'd always want to be on like an engineering or design side and also a driver like, like Cody Newmandal. I mean, he's a wheel, Mm -hmm. you know, he's, he's a really good driver and he's an engineer. And I would want to be like, I would want to add value in more than one yeah. area, you know, cause I wouldn't want to like jump around and things like that. Cause I like security. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no kidding. So this week is uh Thanksgiving and Friday is black Friday. I just want to mention to all of you guys out there that uh, try to support your local hobby shops, especially right now. The weird thing is, is like, most hobby shops have actually been doing pretty good as long as they're allowed to be open. Mm-hmm. Like the, this hobby of ours, I remember reading something or, or yeah, I think I read something a long, long time ago uh, from Ernie Pervetti that hobbies tend to do better in bad times, like recessions and stuff like that. Because a lot more people are who would be spending a lot more money on other stuff end up, finding something else to do. And that's why the hobby industry tends to not do as good when things are going really well, I guess. Does that make sense? Kind of does. I mean, one of our best years was probably 10 years ago, but I think that had more to do with the offer track opening up that year, you know? Yeah. But, uh, so I was going to get kind of, um, kind of weird. So I always get uncomfortable when I, when I go over to like relatives house, Specifically, my stepdad. 
and he's like, he he's like, Alex, what are you thankful for this year? And I'm like, I don't know, like not having a heart attack, being alive. So, Will, what are you thankful for this year? It's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving for everybody, except for Europeans. <laughs> I, uh, Putting you on, on a, the spot. Uh, on a realistic level, I'm thankful that I got to keep working during this uh, pandemic. I mean, I considered myself pretty lucky, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, I guess on a, on a like fun level, like anybody that gets to race RC cars or do something they like is pretty lucky. You know, there's a lot of people that aren't that fortunate and they have to, uh, you know, they're living paycheck to paycheck and getting a, you know, a Netflix, uh, account is kind of like a, like, Oh man, seven bucks a month. You know, it's like I consider myself lucky or I'm thankful that I don't have to worry about that kind of thing. And I, you know, I get to blow money on scooter stuff and, you know, go to as many RC car races as I want. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'm thankful for my wife that lets me do things that I like to do, you know, and uh, um, yeah, those are things I'm thankful for. Well, there you go. I'm going to mirror that starting with my wife. Mm-hmm. So we've been together now for, and I've said this the last couple of shows, I don't know why I keep bringing this up, but uh, two th- July 13th, 2000 is when we met. The third date in air quotes was I took her to an RC car race. Mm-hmm. And I said, and I, I was like, well, this is what I do. We, we show up at, we get up early, we drive, we, sh- we show up, we set up our thing, we sit here, we run, you know, a couple packs in the morning then we race three times and then we race one more time and then we go home and drive another two hours to get there and it's an all day thing. And, uh, she was like, Oh, okay. And for the first three years that we were together, of course, uh, she went with me almost every single race. And then after we got married, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then it was fine. She's like, all right, I paid my dues. We're married now. I'm going to, I'm going to stay home. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm also, uh, I'm thankful for, for her and thankful for my kiddo, uh, Emerson. And uh, he's grown up to be a, a pretty good kid. And uh, of course, I'm thankful for my job, uh, the Hobbyplex, in this, in this year of, of massive anxiety and worry uh, at the start of it. We were able to, to get through it. And even though we're kind of ending the year kind of in the same boat where we're unsure, you know, what our state's going to allow as far as, as people, as we go into December, you know, to, to, you know, to, to be at our shop basically and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, we never did, uh, we never did close and we're one of the lucky ones. Cause I know there's, there was quite a few hobby towns in general that, 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 uh, their state wouldn't even let them do curbside, you know? Yeah. So, and then I'm also thankful for, for this, uh, uh, without getting to, again, Getting all warm and fuzzy, but I do like this every week. You do, yeah. That you and I get to chat yeah. for an hour or so, and and uh, <laughs> even even when like like this week when I didn't even get to see you for for three or four days. Yeah, you know, we get to hang out mm-hmm. and talk about RC stuff for an hour. So yeah. I'm thankful for that too. So I don't know. That's our Thanksgiving, our Thanksgiving portion of the program. Yeah. So. Good job. 
Thanks. <laughs> Do you want to talk about racing? Yeah, sure. We'll talk about racing, and then there's a couple questions on here. No super chats yet, though. Yeah, give us like a dollar. Yeah, yeah. Hurry up. You gotta have a, que- a dollar. A dollar's worth of questions. Nice. <laughs> what are you drinking? This is a bubbly, like a water thing. Sparkling. But I'm drinking it out of my associated Reedy powered uh, big mug thing yeah. that Tracy Howard Howard gave me the last time I went to the Reedy race. Yeah, that looks really cool. I wish I had one of those. Yeah, I've actually never seen another one. She's like, when I went to the shop, she uh, I told her I was coming, and she just brought it down with her and gave it to me. It's nice. like, man, I love coming here. Yeah, hey, come here more awesome. often. <laughs> All right, so we had a interesting weekend of racing. So Family Friday Off Road, we had our biggest turnout of the years uh, of the of the fall, I should say. We had 50, mm-hmm. 54 entries. We had twenty eight plex speckers, so we're too short of me going and buying everybody cupcakes. <laughs> so uh and then we and then on the carpet off road syndicate uh because we were competing with like two or three other events going on um mm-hmm. like tom rennerneck was way down in florida uh for that race which we didn't talk about but um that's okay it's down there um then there's a race yeah. up north um they had a good turnout so even with that we had 57 entries that's pretty good yeah so I was still okay with that. And then the winter series, the onward winter series, this is a weird one to me. They only had 35 entries on Sunday. And I don't know. I feel like, I feel like they should have more. I don't know why that is, but, uh, my wife just texted me. What is her problem? Welcome to texts from Gretchen. Today's episode, toaster usage and you. What'd you do? Well, okay. So I, I have these frozen hash brown patties that I love. They're really good. And mm-hmm. I ask for them all the time whenever we go shopping. But mm-hmm. I don't, I toast them. I put them in the toaster. I crank the yeah. toaster up to like seven or eight. And then I put it down and then I let it You don't turn it up to 11? <laughs> seven. About seven is about right without burning them. Uh, so she's mad at me because, um, because uh, little pieces of the hash browns go down in there. And then the next time she makes toast in the morning, then it burns and it smells up mm. the whole house. And then we have uh, really high ceilings. We have cathedral ceilings, right? Mm-hmm. Well, whoever thought it was a good idea to put a smoke alarm at the very top of cathedral ceilings needs to get punched in the crotch. Like just, just, just a, just whack, right? Full fist ball punch. because. Right in his, right in his or hers. That's crotch. true. Sorry, yeah, his and hers. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm so sexist. Uh, we're non-binary. No, no we're non-binary. non-binary. Not, uh. Uh, but my God, if 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 one little dribble of smoke gets up there and it turns on, then it turns on the whole thing, and that's the one that you got to shut off. We got two other ones. Mm-hmm. Well, you hit the button and nothing happens; they still go. So you got to have. We ended up finding this super duper long pole. I think used for like yeah. window cleaning or whatever. And we use that to reach up there and shut it off. Hmm. It's the most annoying. You the batteries. It, it's the most annoying thing in the world. You ever have to change your battery in one yes. of the smoke alarms? Well, here's what we do. So uh, the Bennington Fire Department will come and change your uh, batteries out for free if you ask them. Huh. So she calls them. They come over 
when they have time, of course, with a taller ladder and they go up there and mm-hmm. change it. I just get up there and do it. <laughs> Because I'm God, not me. so helpless. Dude, I'm scared. I'm <laughs> You're so helpless. <laughs> I am scared to death of uh, of heights, so I'm not going to be doing that. I'm not afraid of heights. I'm afraid of the falling. Yeah. Actually, I'm not afraid of falling. I'm afraid of the stopping. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the winner is... All right, so real quick, we'll go over these results. So Friday night, yeah, Plexpec had a C main. Hmm. And in the A main, it was... Dan Nielsen taking the win with uh, Steve Wall in second and Jonas Talberg in third. Uh, Michael Smith fourth. Ethan Farrington is fifth. Jacob Talberg was sixth. Paxton Staneche, I think is how I pronounced the last name, was seventh. And Joshua Rothfuss was eighth. And John Haas, uh, looks like they did not start. So when I heard Paxton, I immediately thought of Jackson. But it wasn't. Yeah. This is an actual person named Paxton. Not Jackson, not Jackson's nickname. Two-wheel drive mod buggy. I got to race. I missed the first qualifier because we were busy and had to, I had to work. Uh, but I made mm-hmm. the second qualifier and uh, actually did not TQ. I qualified third behind Mitchell and Tommy. So I put on brand new silvers. I had them mm-hmm. left over from Masters of Dirt, and I didn't. That they're the ones that I didn't uh, turn into slicks. So uh, I think they had one run on them. I think I had them on my four-wheel drive, and I never used them after that. So I, I slapped those on, and they're really good. Tommy got second in mod, and Jackson Anderson was third. Mitchell, I think, he, no, he finished. He got a 12 flat. And then uh, Jesse was running, Elithorpe was running his new uh, Truggy. I didn't have mine quite done yet. And then I think there was a stock buggy class. And then Stephen Smith won. This is Tommy's brother that I also used to race with in the 90s. So he won stock buggy. And then uh, Dan Nielsen wasn't able to start on that one. So kind of a mix. It was kind of fun just to have, uh, to have a big heat, you know? Yeah. E-buggy, uh, this was pretty good. So Mitchell Pavel uh, won this one. Jackson Anderson got second. Uh, Jackson Anderson's tr- car kept cutting out on him. So I'm not really sure what that is. I hope it's not my speed controller. If it is, I mean, I gave it to him for free. So yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, you get what you pay for. Yeah. Uh, Jesse Ellithorpe drove his brand new Techno 2.0. Uh, that thing looks pretty freaking sweet. Uh, I never really got that up close and personal with one of those yet. And I know it's mm-hmm. been out for a while, but I'm always in the booth. Well, I was marshalling and I could see that thing every lap. And I don't know. I was like, man, kind of want one of those. Ashton Abdul left early. Uh, so he was actually a TQ. And uh, Ronnie went. He had a bad luck Friday. He, his speed controllers all went bonkers on him in his, uh, I think in his, Truggy and his eight scale. That's a bummer. Yeah. And then Steve Wall, uh, I think he broke early. He broke halfway through the main. And then finally, Pro Four. And uh, this one was uh, Dan Nielsen taking the win. Caleb Tolberg was second. Joshua Rothfuss was uh, third. Levi Rothfuss was fourth. And Micah Tolberg was fifth. And Steve Eckler was sixth. And then there's a whole bunch of other ones. Look like they didn't. Uh, they, they must have left early or something because um, this is the first time that we've gone kind of late on a Friday because we had so many entries. And that's usually kind of the way Family Friday goes. Like, not everybody stays for the main. A lot of these yeah. guys only pay five bucks for Plex spec, so, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't, doesn't kill them to leave early. Doesn't everybody pay $5 on Fridays, though? Uh-uh. The regular classes are still 20 bucks. 
Oh, really? Yeah. So if you're running, let's say you're you're running a stock buggy, and then you got two family members that are running Plexpec, you would pay twenty dollars, and those two would race for free. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the syndicate. We got some good questions on here. Hey, Zeke Bollinger is on here. It's pretty cool. Hey, Zeke. What's Yay. up, dude? Once again, we had 57 entries, 30 drivers. By the way, coronavirus update. So we're at 25. We can only have 25% capacity in the pits uh, because of the, the COVID regulations that are going on right now. Everybody gets their own table, so everybody's able to spread out. And what I was trying to t- tell people is like for club racing, we never really get to even close to 75 people. Right. I mean, we can. I mean, it's possible. But that would be like a 150-day club race, and that's never happened. It'd be nice. It'd be a really long day. But more, the, the normal number of people we get is anywhere between like 40 and 50 maybe. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's see. Uh, Plexpec, there was only two Plexers on Saturday. Peevler was gone. The Noonans weren't there. Bender wasn't there. A lot of the Plexers just uh, took the day off, basically. But John Sorensen uh, won this one, and uh, Elliot Delaire got second. They were separated by a lap. Uh, John was running a team-associated factor team B4 rear motor. Oh, really? And he had one of those, remember those FT, FTW bodies? Oh, yeah, for that, the win? Yeah, that, that, that were like for? giant pancakes. Yeah. Yeah, he had one of those. Oh, yeah. Neat. <laughs> that's pretty cool though you don't see those very often you don't anymore. i'm so glad though that we didn't go in that direction for bodies yeah i don't know it just is i mean it is cool to see it now as almost like a nostalgia thing but yeah like hey remember man. when like remember berries or whatever yeah <laughs> do you remember that that venom eight scale body that was marketed no. as some sort of like aero, aero like it was very aerodynamic eight scale body or whatever it was. And it was like, it was just this big flat thing with these fins in the back that like bent down and it was supposed to be revolutionary, but it was from Venom. So it's kind of like, no, but remember when Venom made a short course truck? Yeah. And it was converted. You could change it from rear motor to mid motor. Oh yeah. Like the, I do remember One of the that. early ones that did that. I thought they had a buggy too. Yeah. I do remember that. They also had a, a creeper, the Venom creeper. That was a very popular uh, rock crawler back in the day. Yeah, I remember that. I forgot Venom made cars. Venom had for... a lot of neat stuff. They had the motorcycles, the two motorcycles that they had. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, the fifth scale motorcycles. Yeah, we had one. The gyro broke, so it didn't. It stopped working. But we oh. had one for a little while. It was like a demo. We sold a couple of them. Uh, short course. We had some guys come over from Iowa. Alex Eklund, uh, Matt Pinegar, and Brian Moore. Uh, Brian's truck broke. He broke a shock tower in warm-up, so he had to miss the main. Um, still, got, still got a Plex buck, though. Uh, but nice. Al- Alex, you know, his trucks always look good. He had that new Proline body. That's the, you don't see too many short course bodies come out anymore, but he had the, the latest one from Proline that's kind of boxy, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've seen it. It's kind of growing on me again. Not, yeah. not short course. I hate short course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but the body. The body was cool. The body's mm-hmm. all right. Sorry, short course guys. Expert stock. So uh two weeks in a row now. Chance Rolk. 
again, he's kind of found something, I think. So his cars are working really good. Took the win by a lap. 2508. Kenny Danley finishes second in this one. He actually, oh, wow. dude, he had a pretty good fast car on, on, on Saturday uh, with 24 laps. Joe Schnoes finished third. Uh, Dylan Reef was fourth. The crazy thing here is they finished by two tenths of a second apart. This is the nuttiest thing ever. There's some video of this race. Dylan like crashed on the straightaway as Joe was was coming down behind him and crashed just enough so that Joe slipped by him by the loop. Oh, really? Like Dylan had third, totally had third. And I set up a jump before the straightaway. Mm-hmm. And that caused a few more crashes. I probably won't do that again because sometimes the guys that would overshoot it would, would land and crash and stuff. And that's bad on the carpet. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that sucked for Dylan. I don't think he was too happy. Yeah. <laughs> Phil Palmer was fifth. Uh, Rod Case was sixth. Rob Connor was seventh. And Jake Poteet was eighth. Chance pretty much led this one from the get-go. And then we move on to uh, Stadium Truck. I missed the first qualifier because I forgot to put a transponder in. My son and I are sharing transponders, and uh, I didn't have one in there. So I was just like, ah, screw it. Just go ahead. I thought there was two heats of truck, so I could just jump into the next one, and then there wasn't. Oh, yeah. that's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, but I did drive the next one, and my truck's working pretty good now that I got a gear diff in it and uh, got the proper diff height. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's pretty easy to drive nowadays. Um, so I took this one. Um, Alex Eklund was second. Brian Moore was third. Uh, Phil Palmer was fourth. TJ Williams was fifth. Josh Ryan was sixth. We only had six trucks Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then 13.5 four-wheel drive. Once again, Chance Roll. Took the win in this one, although this time he kind of had to work for it at the start. Uh, so there's two videos online, one from Rod Case, and uh, I believe I took one. And um, uh, it was a little bit, everybody was kind of bouncing off one another at the start of this one. But once Chance finally got out in front, um, he stayed there. Uh, Nate Hoganmiller, qualified fifth, finished second. Him and TJ Williams were battling back and forth for a majority of this race. I would say the last minute, maybe even last 30 seconds, TJ kind of, kind of bobbled here and there. Maybe the nerves were getting to him and Nathan was able to get by and then Joe was able to get by. But here's the thing, uh, 0.234. So once again, the exact same thing happened uh, for Joe Schnoes. TJ had this third place in the bag and he, he, he went too far on the inside on, that, on the jump coming onto the straightaway and mm-hmm. he rode the pipe. And as he rode the pipe, Joe came by and snagged third away from him. Dang, like dude. Two tenths of a second. Uh, Rob Connor qualified second his car was his stuff was working really good i got to give the man some credit he's been he's been tinkering and fiddling and and working on his driving and stuff like that and it's kind of finally paying off you know but finished fifth jake poteet finished sixth nick sneathan was seventh dylan reith was eighth and uh ronnie went was ninth there was nine cars i didn't feel like putting a three car b main in there so i just ran all nine of them yeah it's kind of a lot on carpet more than Mm -hmm. more than eight but when there's only nine cars, it just does, it doesn't make any sense to have a three-car main. Yeah. No, I could totally agree with that. I kind of feel like that's almost like a slap in the face to the, to the bottom three if you put them in their own main. Yeah. You know? Just, just throw them on mm-hmm. there. Now, if there's ten, to me, that's a little bit more reasonable having four cars. Because right. then, there's, then there's two losers and two bumpers. Two uh, Mini T. So, Mini T was fun. Uh, we let the, the stock guys, uh, cut the track a little bit. So Derek Wood was the only mod. So he had to go around 
uh, this one part of the track. Mm-hmm. And uh, it didn't really matter. He ended up winning. Jake Poteet won stock. John Sorensen and basically all of his kids. Uh, oh, Zach, too. And his last name's Knutson finished fourth. And then Hector and uh, Luis Sorensen finished fifth and sixth. So they basically got mini tees and decided to come out and race and uh, did. And it seemed like they had some fun. That's such a fun thing to watch, the mini tee main. Because, you know, in Mario Kart, what's that thing that you get hit by? That shrinks you. The lightning bolt. Is it the lightning bolt that shrinks mm-hmm. the cars, and then they're 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 the, these tiny little cars, and they make a tiny little noise. That's what mini T racing is to me. Yeah. On on a regular track. Uh, mod two wheel drive. So Ethan Delaire was your TQ. Never wavered in the main. Uh, Aiden Olson uh, qualified third, finished second. Drew Rubin King qualified uh, second, finished third. These two swapped places a few times, and uh, Drew's car looked good. What I saw with Drew Rubin King was he would overshoot the jumps a little bit. Yeah. It's hard to get used to from dirt. Yeah. Because you have to downside everything. You have to downside Yeah, everything. If you don't downside it, you're, you're crashing. Chance Rolk finished fourth. Derek Wood is fifth. Uh, Mitchell Pavel was sixth. And Chad Rubin King was seventh. So it's kind of, kind of cool to see the Rubin Kings come out and give carpet a shot. And uh, they seem to have some fun. And finally, uh, independent buggy. You had uh, Nathan Hogan-Miller, TQ in a win. Uh, Joe Schnoes uh, wrapped up his day with a second. Jake Poteet finished third. Kenny Danley was fourth. Phil Palmer was fifth. TJ was sixth. Nick Sneathan was seventh. And Brian Damewood eighth. And Josh Ryan was ninth. Again, this is another class that only had nine cars in it. But mm-hmm. I feel better with independent buggy because they go slow enough. 21.5 is not slow by any means, but they're, they're toned down enough, I guess I should say, where I don't, I don't feel as bad at putting nine cars in there. Yeah. You know, probably a little easier car control, you know, and then, uh, finally we'll finish up with on road and then we'll take a pivot landing break and get to some questions real fast. So, uh, on road winter series again, kind of a low turnout for this one. I'm not sure if that mm-hmm. has anything to do with, with the COVID mess, you know, uh, cause for this, for the onward series, we've got locals, but we don't have a necessarily a, a bunch of locals, right? It's basically the same guys right. that race on Wednesday. And then you get the guys that come from out of state from, from Missouri, from Iowa, um, you know, from South Dakota. So maybe they just stayed home. They just, they just decided to stay home on this one. Yeah, maybe. Well, wasn't there like another trophy race going on for carpet? Yeah, I don't think so. Huh. Not that okay. I'm aware of. Uh, the only carpet track I know of that's anywhere near us would be Fastlane. I don't think they had anything going on. Oh, on road, on road. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, no, not that I know of. Yeah. Then sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, so TCS spec. So this is, this is a class again where they use TTO two cars and they have to run basically everything to Maya, I believe. And they can only run a certain battery and, and a 21 five motor. And I think it's the locked in bill motor, hmm. right? The ready one. Yeah. So everybody's fairly close mm-hmm. speed wise. So it's Ben Seedlick, Mark Ebner. Jim Humgate was your TQ, finished third. Brenton Rieger finished fourth. Ron Chapluski was fifth. And Lance Chapluski was seventh. And Barry Eveland uh, looks like he broke out early. And he was your third qualifier. So mixed in a little bit there. Then we move on to USGT. I got a TQ and win. So that's nice. Uh, Kenny McKinney was second. Jaden Rieger was uh, third. Chris, Chris Tyler was fourth. And Jason Rieger was fifth. Boy, we were busy Sunday. I almost didn't get a chance to race. Yeah. 
like my plan was to wake up at like 10 o'clock and get there mm-hmm. and actually practice. And I woke up at like 1130. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> and got there, got, got there late. And then first qualifier came up and I looked, I looked around and I'm like, holy crap, there's so many people in the store. So I couldn't go second qualifier, same thing. I looked around, I couldn't go down there. So I only had the third qualifier to do it. And, uh, I went down there, my car was good. So it all worked out. Um, again, yeah. kind of a low turnout. There's only five. We usually have like nine, you know, nine to 12 USGT cars. So, um, mm-hmm. it's kind of like just like a Wednesday basically. Uh, Venice Trans Am, uh, Chris Tyler took the win in this one, knocking off, uh, Tony Cook, who usually dominates, uh, Vintage. So this is, that'll be, that was an interesting, uh, finish to that one. Mark Ebner was third, Barry Evelyn was fourth, Ron Chapulski was fifth, uh, Ben Seedlick was sixth, and Lance Chapulski was seventh. Uh, Vintage Trans Am touring cars with, uh, 25.5 motors, so they're going even slower, and you have to use the Vintage, uh, Protoform tires. Formula One, Craig Moline. Ken McKenney, Tony Cook, Jim Hungate, and Don Rieger. Pretty close between Craig and Kenny. Only three seconds separating them at the end. And Craig was your third qualifier, and Kenny was your first. So Kenny got a, I don't know how Tim does TQ points, but, you know, if you get a TQ and you finish second, it's not as bad as if you didn't TQ and finish second. Yeah. Obviously. Euro Truck was uh, Chris Tyler, again, taking the win in that one. Jason Rieger was second. Tim Ski was third. Barry Evelyn was fourth. And Mark Ebner was fifth. Chris Tyler? is actually an OG hobby uh, plexer. So Chris used to have all the parking lot stuff uh, stored at his house. Oh, really? Yeah. So back in the day, uh, Chris was the one that had the trailer and all the stuff would get loaded up onto the trailer and then the trailer turned into the driver's stand. Oh, that's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, that was all his stuff. And then... Let's see. Uh, last one here, and then we'll take a pivot break, and then we'll try to get some of these questions here real quick. Uh, Twelve scale. <laughs> no, this is no. Um, this is a no-brainer. K- Craig Moline won by three laps. TQ and win. Mitchell Pavel though got second in twelve scale. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Will Frericks was third. Kobe Krell was fourth. Chris Tyler was fifth, and Ryan Wheeler looked like he did not start. So, Craig Moline twelve scale is kind of his bag. There were some guys missing, like Mike Clement, and uh, I haven't seen, what's it, John Peck? I haven't seen him all year. I don't know, maybe maybe he's got yeah. you know, his reasons, too, because of the pandemic or whatever. So, Is Jason Schald been racing 12 scale? I have not seen scale? Jason Schald since last, last winter. We better take our uh, pivot landing break, and then we'll get back. We got some questions on YouTube, and then we should be done. And now, a word from our sponsors. Yeah! This is a Pivot Lending Update with David Olson and Don Zoller. Get some. Hi, this is David Olson with Pivot Lending, and with me today is... Don Zoller. And we just wanted to give everybody uh, listening the backstory on Pivot Lending and maybe what separates us from our competitors in the marketplace. Uh, Pivot Lending, uh, we're going on our 20th year, and we're a mortgage banking company. We're different in a few ways that we have divisions of subservicing, divisions of third-party origination. We have a marketing team in one division. We also have business development. We work business to business, whether it's with a community bank or a credit union. 
We also uh, work the retail side of the spectrum. So we're working with a lot of realtors. We're working with a lot of builders. There's a number of different ways that our organization has diversified as opposed to a standard mortgage banking company that's just generating a mortgage to the market and to sell it or potentially service it. We internally underwrite all of our loans in-house. We have five underwriters. We're big enough to play in the larger spaces, but small enough to be a boutique operation. We've got about 100 employees right now. We are in California, Arizona. We have offices also in Wichita. We're in Kansas City, Omaha, Colorado, Inside Colorado, we're in Denver, Boulder, and opening up in Colorado Springs. We're kind of excited and growing. We're moving into the uh, New England market uh, with a a big partnership that also is a mortgage service provider to 234 different credit unions in the New England states. So uh, a lot of things happening and um, having Dawn locally is, is is a huge advantage for everybody in the RC community. I know that uh, not only myself, but the owner of the company, Brian Ottaviano, he's a hobby fan. He flew uh, quite a few remote control airplanes and loves that piece of it. He also follows Aiden, my son's racing. And so it's, it's, it's great to be able to weave in the hobby into what we're doing and to be able to get back to the hobby because of the, the things it represents. I think are similar to things that we represent. David Olson, NMLS 16099. Don Zoller, NMLS 277589. Pivot Lending, NMLS 109995. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program. Uh, hey, did you see what uh, did you see what I got yesterday? Did you see that picture? Oh, your your uh, trophies, Aiden Horn's trophy. Well, that for, too. That uh, too. That is, that is pretty funny. <laughs> I was like, what's this one? And I looked at it, mod two-wheel drive A main. I'm like, I didn't race mod two-wheel drive A main. You're like, heck yeah. I got a low C comp crawler yesterday. Oh, I had cool. to, I had a bag Gretchen. So, okay. Full disclosure. I'm running around. I'm driving around on, on, on expired plates, like really expired plates. <laughs> and, uh, I've been trying to save my money to, to get plates here in December. And then this guy walks in with a whole bunch of these different cars. He was trying to get going. And one of them was a, a legit low C comp crawler from 2008. And I jokingly, I go, cause he was trying to get it going again. And he had like a broken radio and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, you could just sell that to me for like, I don't know, 200 bucks and then just go over there and get a new one. And he's like, Oh no, I don't want to do that. I'd be losing money. I got it for this much. And I'm like, well, I mean, you know, okay. And I walked by again and he goes, why do you want it? Is it? And I'm like, is it just like, cause it's cool. And I'm like, yeah, it's just nostalgia. It's just, I have a body for it at home. And I, over, I, I, I told him the story about how I sold mine for way too little money way back in the day to Marty Stepanek, the guy who used to own uh, the Bellevue uh, racetrack, mm-hmm. RC Motorsport, and uh, how I kick myself every day for selling it so cheap. And uh, I walked by again. He's like, I'll sell it to you for that much. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I don't even have that much in my bank account right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had to get on the phone and beg my wife to transfer some money into my account. 
Because I was like, you you don't understand. She's like, absolutely not. You already have enough cars. You've been buying cars all over. And I'm, it's true. I have been. But um, she ended up doing it anyway. She wasn't happy about it. But um, yeah. I was shaking. I was so happy. Like, I've wanted one of these again for a really long time. And there hasn't, they're so, they're so hard to find. I told the guy, I said, dude, look at, look at, look at my hand. Look how happy I am. Cause I was like literally shaking while I handed him the money. Cause I didn't want mm-hmm. him to back out. I was like, please don't back out. Please. I got to take this home. I was pretty happy. Why did they quit making them? Uh, crawling kind of went away from the direction that that was intended for. Oh, okay. So that That's like one of those ones that doesn't look scale no, or anything. Right? It's not, it's a, tr- it's okay. a legit, just pure rock crawler. And we used to run 2.2 tires, so giant 2.2 tires, and mm-hmm. the truck had a twin plate uh, chassis, but it you know it was real short. Well, the the rules, the chassis has to be as long as the truck basically now. In in all classes, mm-hmm. one, two, and three, but it's still really cool. I mean, it's it it was it, I believe is Richard Trujillo's one of his projects, and uh, the thing is, it's it it to this day is an amazing crawler, you know. Because they made that night the night crawler. The night too, crawler right? is the ba- lights on it. Yeah, the night crawler is basically a comp crawler without the dig functions. Okay. Yeah. So I can still get parts for it. I mean, if I break it, I the, you know the all the worm drive gears and everything will be the same. Huh, that's cool. Yeah, pretty exciting. And then yeah, today I got uh, the Masters of Dirt trophies in, and one of them was Aiden Horns. That's pretty funny. Hmm. Hmm. Oh yeah. Do you have one? Let's get to some questions here on YouTube. Um, uh, Andy Barrett, he says, I know you guys have different opinions on this, but I'd like to hear both. How often do you do things like freshen up your shock oil, diff oils, etc.? Well, it just depends on how uh, risky I'm getting uh, like before a race or whatever. Like if it's a race that I'm traveling to or something like that, or like a, like a trophy race. Or like around the summer series, mm-hmm. my shocks have new O rings in them, and I usually build my shocks at the track, like for those events. And then, um, but like for club racing, like I just bleed them at the track. I don't even take them off my car. I just like push the the shock in all the way and bleed it, and then yeah. shut the screw. But um, I'll usually use like the O rings in my shocks for about a month for club racing, but. You know, I, I pretty much have two cars. I have like a club race car and then I have another car that I take to big races. Hmm. And that one's always fresh, new diff, new drivetrain, um, new, new, new. You know, I always try to keep that one. You know, and usually like I kind of use practice to kind of break all that stuff in. You know, you, you wouldn't want to throw a car out there with like a brand new drivetrain in without running it for a few packs first. But all that stuff on my cars is usually pretty new and um, maintained. I try to keep it consistent. Like, and like when I build my shocks, I don't use like any slime or blue grease or anything like that. I just put the silicone oil on them and run it. Hmm. Cause like all that stuff actually kind of binds the shocks up a little bit over time. So it's actually for me, they're smoother. Hmm. Um, like from week to week, if I'm not going to rebuild them. Right. Like I don't, I don't do any of that. Um, yeah, I think, I think for me, I, in the summertime, I use the summer series as a, uh, alarm clock for when I need to like redo my diffs. So on my, on mm-hmm. my tool drive cars, I'll rebuild my diffs pretty much every summer series. So once a month. And, yeah. uh, I'd usually do the shocks that Friday. If I, if, if my, something's not feeling right, right. I'll, I'll redo them. 
for club racing, I don't think I ever touch my cars. <laughs> no, I kind of have what a club race car that I'd, it's all like, you know, kind of blown out or whatever, you I, know, stuff's a little sloppy. I think it also depends on the car too. Yeah. Like the grip, the grip's not really there to really have a lot of that stuff make a huge difference, yeah. but like, like the low C four wheel drive. I, I noticed if I raced it every week, it needs maintenance every three weeks. That's kind of mm-hmm. what I came up with. I feel like it needed three weeks of maintenance. So it was like, I could feel the rear diff not work as well. Um, like every three weeks. Yeah. I like my, like gear diffs. I usually, they're usually fresh, like with new oil in them, like when, except for the center. Cause like I run 500 K and my center diff. Yeah. And that's kind of hard to change at the track, but I'll top it off. But the, the front and rear diff, those are like, like they just been like, even like Friday night club racing. Yeah. Those, those will have new oil in them. And then, um, usually before the main, like, it just depends on how much time I have to like for a club race, but I would like the other thing too, like eight scale cars, I think require way more maintenance. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Yeah. But like, I'll usually run my car for the two qualifiers and then, uh, drop the diff oil and then put fresh in it for the main. Super chat. We've got a super chat. Uh, so Nick Nuthouse, five dollars. Wow. Yeah. Novice returning to hobby, getting into carpet buggy. What car and what motor do I want? Well, I'm going to tell you, get a B6. Yeah. Um, point two, the carpet edition, and the reason is is that stock setup and you know just throwing out, it has like all the stuff in the kit you need to be competitive with it. Um, it just, the, that car just doesn't take a lot of extra stuff. Yeah. And like Kenny Danley, like he was running something else and he got a B six and now he's, uh, you know, contending for wins or, you know, he finished second having good runs. And uh, I mean, that's, yeah, that's kind of like a benchmark that I'm using for something in recent history on carpet. I would say if you can find a used any B six, preferably yeah. a B six point one or B six two, but if you can find mm-hmm. a used one of those, um, or if you can find a used, um, team low C 22 5.0 AC, the carpet edition, I think you'll kind of mm-hmm. be in the same boat. I think if you get a dirt car on the low C side, you got to do, you got to buy so much stuff right off the bat to get it where you probably would want it on carpet. But I think, I think the reason why will immediately went to be six, not just cause he's sponsored by associated, but because that car for the most part, like you don't, if you, if you, even if you get a dirt car, the gear diffs thirty four ninety nine, and then you can just drop the diffs, and yeah. you're close. You're close to what you would want to run on carpet. Mm-hmm. And then, as far as a motor goes, I mean, I would say a twenty one five for sure. If you're going to run, oh, yeah. if you're going to start in plex spec and then move up to independent on the carpet, twenty one five is where you want to be. A twenty one five motor is not crazy fast. It's not slow. It's very controllable. And uh, it'll let you grow into something else. If you get a 17.5 motor, you can still run that in plex spec, but then you would have to run expert stock buggy, which can be intimidating, sometimes frustrating, because the closing rate from the guys who are really good to the guys who are just starting out can get so fast on carpet that you're basically getting out of everybody's way every couple corners. Yeah. So 21.5 motor, any, any brand. I'm not a big brand-specific motor person anymore. They can all be good, but at the Plex for our 215 class, we allow 
we allow any 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 215 motor it doesn't have to be locked end bell or anything like that okay let's see there was one here uh real quick opinion on jq and adam drake's club racing vlogs have you seen them because i have not i'm guilty of not nope. watching them nope i've never watched them <laughs> I, I need to watch one they keeps coming up on my facebook feed i'm pretty sure i get the gist that it's it, there's a lot of um I think I understand what the gist of the videos were from the comments was just that, yeah, we need to club race more. No club racing is important. Yeah. I, I've always said that techno coming out with a two wheel drive question mark from demonic wolf 69. I know the answer to this one. I know the answer to this. Who? One. Uh, demonic wolf 69. No, <laughs> no, I meant te- uh, the company techno. The com- Oh, techno. Yeah. I know. Okay. I know the answer to this one. Is it no? No. I asked Jared, I asked Jared this every single time that I see Jared Tebow. And this last time his response was they have no interest whatsoever in making a two wheel drive car. Yeah. So I don't think you're going to see that. I think their team drivers are pretty chill being able to run, you know, whichever two wheel drive they want. Right. Uh, Joel Florky asked, I have a question. Does team associated make dirt oval cars? No, no. But as far as conversions go, uh, you could get a uh, V6.2 or whatever yeah, and convert it to the pretty much most of the dirt oval cars that you buy that are conversion kits or conversion kits for the yes. V6. So um, we were talking about this and one of the reasons why not, I, not all of the oval worlds gotten away from say like a custom works car for instance Mm -hmm. which was the benchmark standard but there's a lot more conversions out there nowadays that are using parts from a b6 or even you know i've seen tlrs or whatever custom made ones well yeah there's that team velocity kit yeah that team velocity kit's cool but one of the reasons why is is because the suspension setups in those cars can soak up a little bit more of a track like ours like our our dirt is never going to be glass smooth ever it's Mm -hmm. just not the way that our dirt is so that those cars and the way that, that their suspension works, they're able to get around a track like ours. that's a little bit more, uh, has a little bit more character mm-hmm. than say a strict car, like a custom works. I think you're going to, I think you see a lot more of those cars for sure on those super awesome glass, smooth, uh, clay tracks down South, or even like a, a track like T up in South Dakota. I think those still mm-hmm. can almost maybe well, even do better. I don't know. And like custom works, they make like foam dirt cars. And yeah. Like they're, they're, they make very specific to surfaces cars. Yep. Here's another one. Uh, real, this one's for me. Uh, winter series full this year, or do you still have opening? So the Nebraska health measures expire November 30th, which is Monday, next Monday. So uh, the governor does his Monday press conferences. If they extend uh, the current regulations, then we will have to do online sign up again, in which I will uh, make a post on the Techno Series uh, Facebook page, and I will give a time as to when that will go live. Okay, hmm. so it's probably going to be probably five or six o'clock Monday night, and then it's seventy-five people, and that's it. Okay, I'm hoping that they relax it a little bit and go back to fifty percent, because then we don't have to worry about it, um, because we've never had 150 people um, at any of our series races, other than well, maybe our no. We really haven't because that'd be like a 300 entry race. So just keep, keep an eye on the techno uh, Facebook page and uh, I'll keep everybody informed. Okay. 
Here's another one. This is a good one. Mad Thunder 2 has a question. Uh, why are there so many one-tenth scale classes? If you look at the bigger scales, there are usually two classes. Would it be simpler if it was just two classes instead of ten? Well, the reason, one of the reasons why we have so many classes uh, on the tenth scale side is because there's so many different tenth scale cars and everybody wants to race them. You've got stadium truck, short course, buggy, four-wheel drive buggy, uh, four-wheel drive mini truggy, and then you have a stock and a mod class of usually the two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive, right? Mm-hmm. And then because we're trying to get people in, and I've had a change of heart about this. A long time ago, I was anti, you know, any divisions of classes or whatever of, of the same class, like, you know, but now we have an expert stock and an independent stock buggy. Mm-hmm. And my reasoning for that is there needs to be a middle ground for people. Our hobby, our racing part of thing has changed so much from when I was a kid and you were just in the D main and that was that. Right. And now if, if you're in the D main a whole bunch of times you leave and never come back. <laughs> yeah. You know, so there, there needs to be some sort of stepping stone. Now what I'm still against is having say, for electric racing, especially beginner, intermediate, intermediate, independent, independent, expert, expert pro. I don't want to split that up any more than it already is, but I feel like we've, we've at the Plex, we've found this nice middle ground between having too many and not enough. So, so I think that a lot of the reasons why you have so many more classes for electric 10 scale versus uh, eight scale gas or eight scale electric is uh, the cars are a lot cheaper to build for uh, electric 10 scale. So like you could probably build two or three cars for what you could build an eight scale nitro car for. Um, And having said that, uh, um, so if you take like uh, a two wheel drive platform, like, uh, you know, short course buggy and truck. Those are all relatively the same, like basic components. Yeah. Like the transmission is going to be the same in all three of those cars. Yep. And the front end is going to be the same in all three of those cars. Yep. And even the battery strap and, you know, just basic stuff. So you could build a whole nother car for a lot less tooling or investment, uh, from a production standard and it fits, you know, three classes. So, um, you have more people, you have, so you have people racing electric 10 scale, uh, that, you know, they can spend more money or spend the same amount of money and race more stuff and the tires are cheaper, but you're going to need more of them. So that's kind of a wash. Yeah. But, uh, I guess I, I, my, my opinion is to why, uh, there's so many more classes is that there's just so many more cars. Yeah. So like with eight scale, you know, you could run three classes with one buggy. Um, like you could run a sportsman, you could run intermediate and you could run pro yeah. gas. And now, and actually you could run four because now if you're over 40, you could run 40 That's plus. That's true. That's my bag coming, coming for you, Brent Telke. Yeah. <laughs> 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 one day I could see, um, like I, I could, so I mean, is there really more classes? 
you know, yeah. um, I mean, now it's kind of about the same because yeah. you can run one car in like four different classes if you fit the criteria yeah. to do it. Um, and then, you know, the same thing with Truggy is there, and then there's electric versions of all those classes. Yeah. So, I mean, is there more classes like on a club race level from electric 10 scale to eight scale? Yeah. yeah, but on like a like a national stage. Yeah, look at or, look at the classes available at the Psycho Nitro Blast. Yeah, like li- literally, you could have different screws on your car and try a different class. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's not that it's not that like exaggerated, but like it, it seems like it could be like there's a ton of classes, you know. Um, it just keeps expanding. You know, I just think I think eight scale kind of caught up to where ten scale was. With, you know, all the, all the different class, they both kind of merged. Like, you know, we never had independent buggy five years ago. Yeah. Kind of 19 turn or well, you know, that was kind of like the, the middle ground class back in the day was, was 19 turn, you know, I I thought, I remember fast guys were in 19 turn. They would, it would be, it'd be a, an easy second class, just like it is now for say, uh, that's why you see guys running expert and independent. But it wasn't ability based. No, right? it was motor based. Yeah. So that's what I I mean, like where you could run the same car in like yeah. two different ten scale classes. Like if you run to run, and there's guys that do it. They run the same buggy and independent and uh, yeah. like pro stock or whatever we call it now. Um. Okay. Uh. What mod motors? What mod motors do people run in their cars? I run a seven zero in my two wheel drive. Emerson runs a 7.5 in his two-wheel drive. I run a 5.5 in my mini truggy. I run a 5.5 in my four-wheel drive when I want to. I run a 13.5 in my four-wheel drive right now. But but uh, what, do you, what do you normally run? You run a 7.5? In two-wheel, yeah. I run a 7.5 with a... It's like the mid-range, like higher RPM, like tuning rotor that right. Reedy makes for the uh, Reedy motors. So it's like a little bit softer feeling on the bottom end. It's more RPM for the straightaway. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I run a six, five in my four wheel. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like the six, five in my four wheel is a lot. Like I, I yeah. detuned a little but bit. Then in carpet, I motor up. Like I, I ran a five, five. Yeah. Carpet. I run a five, five and two wheel with timing. Yeah. <laughs> on our little track. Yeah. I, my car is a rocket. Jason Haley's back on here. Uh, his M17 has a lipo. Do I have to do any conditioning to lipo, like my car lipos, storage and such? No, not really. Just don't let it I, run dead. I don't. I don't, yeah. I don't think so. It's a one cell, so you can't really screw up a one cell that much. Will Nitro RC ever make a comeback? I don't think Nitro RC ever really went away. I think locally, club race-wise, it did. But if it's you look, hard, it's hard to club race gas. Yes. If you look at our techno series, a- it, it's doing well, and, and it has been for the last three or four years now. Yeah, that's why electric eight scale is so popular on Friday nights. Because now, bashing wise, bashing wise, nitros went. Pew. Yeah, I, but I think it's the same reason. It, it's it's they're they're finicky and dumb stuff happens for no reason. And if you're a basher, you just want to go have fun, not screw with stuff as much. So I think mm-hmm. there's still that one guy that'll always argue with you, like, "Well, uh, that's the part of fun that I like is being able to tune it." And I'm like, "Okay, well, that's you. That's cool." But for eighty yeah. percent of the other people that come into the store, they just want to buy something, go out and beat the crap out of it. And that's why electric stuff has gotten, and, and, and the run times are good and the motors are good. And that's why, uh, on the basher side of thing, electric dominates. 
well for and for bashing like electric's a lot cheaper you know how, you know how much how much is a gallon that tracks this fuel right now fuel is forty dollars a gallon now and if you get to thirty three percent uh Traxxas fuel it's like almost fifty bucks a gallon it's crazy um a couple more here and then we gotta say goodbye we gotta cut this cut this off so uh one more uh running two classes on buggy if you have back to back races do you recommend changing tires that are sauced and ready to go or do you just keep running the same tires depends on the track yeah like if you can if if you uh have two sets of tires that are broken the same and uh both are good sets of tires by all means have another set sitting there but so sometimes uh people don't think that far ahead like i i noticed with like 40 plus mod and then the guys that run like regular modified Mm -hmm. um they'll have two sets of tires one for each class and i would i would do that um, I, I'd have my tires ready to go to swap out if I race back to back. Yeah. I mean, if you can, then by all means do it. But if your stuff's working good, uh, and you got to recharge your battery or change your battery anyway, just sauce them up and run them again. Okay. That's it guys. Thanks to uh, Nick Nuthouse for the super chat. That's awesome. And yeah, uh, 250. Woohoo. Okay. We almost got Will gas money to come up here and be live with us again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's hard for me to come up. I got to get off work and just drive straight up there. And it's just like a mad sprint. I know. Uh, okay. So with that, uh, make sure that you guys check out pivot lending group. Uh, you can find them at pivotlending.com. Get a hold of Don Zoller, get yourself a house or refinance, get a better rate, $500 lender credit or 0.125 off your rate. If you mention this show and, uh, that's how we're able to come to you weekly. (sighs) Yeah. We got a lot of questions in on this one. So that was really good. Uh, make sure That's to check awesome. out uh, After Hours at 9 o'clock on Thursdays next week because this Thursday is Thanksgiving and I'm taking that mm-hmm. night off. So there you go. Yeah. Be thankful for something. Yeah, think, be, think about it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, don't forget to come into this weekend and buy stuff uh, for Black Friday at the Hobbyplex if you're if you're local. And if not... Yeah, buy some stuff. Yeah, if not, go to Hobbytown.com. Yeah. There you go. Buy some stuff we there. Get, we actually get a percentage of that. I'm doing this mm-hmm. because it's not a lot, but it, we do get a percentage of the online sales, so... Yeah, it's like 6%, isn't it? I don't know. I don't even remember. (laughs) I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got to go. All right. Nice talking to you. Missed you this weekend. Yeah, Yeah, no problem. Glad I was able to win on Friday. That was really good. Yeah, I have to come and break that streak. Yep. I can't let there be a streak. I need to come up. (laughs) All right, and thanks to everybody in the chat. Uh, This was fun, and uh, we'll see you again next week. See you guys.